greetings, ladies and gentlemen, monsters. Uh, I am your host, Immortal Brandle. And um, this is actually our final podcast of the year. I'm not sure when it's going to be up, though. It might be until you know, next month. But yeah, our last podcast of the year. But anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about Clock Tower. Uh, sorry for the bootleg intro. I did not plan for this one. Uh, and for my round table, I'm joined by lovely citizens of either Castle or Clock Tower. You choose. Uh, I'll start from the top. Black Shadow. Yep, hi everyone. Uh, Shadow here for last month's here. It is officially 361 days till Christmas. So uh, get your get your wrapping paper ready. Get your ideas for well, uh, think of your loved ones. Sweet, sweet. Unfortunately, drill bit. Introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's me, Drillbit. Glad to be on here. Uh, should be interesting topic. Awesome. Uh, Matthew Rose, uh, did you do so? Hey guys, it's Matthew Rose. Glad to be back again for another lovely podcast. Very happy to be talking about some Clock Tower this time around. Also, hope you guys had a happy Christmas. Yes, yes. Uh, Arpadov, gay, uh, intro right now. Uh, okay. So, you know, I'm loving them Fiona cheeks. I mean, hey, everybody, and uh this is a clock tower podcast i recently played all the games and i cannot wait to talk about them nice 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 uh scared sheep everyone i am the scared sheep this is my first time being on the podcast so thank you so much to everyone for having me i really look forward to talking about clock tower and um haunted ground and other games that i have been a fan of for quite a while awesome awesome all right so uh let's start off with number one um how did you get into um the clock tower franchise in the first place uh and what fascinated you about this in the haunted ground actually i'm gonna keep mine really brief i i want to say i saw haunted ground inside a store and i regrettably did not buy it all those years ago but um I came around across um, across um, the game again on YouTube because I was looking at Let's Plays uh random stuff for Halloween and I came across the Hunter Ground. Guys watching it, uh, did really good. So like yeah, that's how I got invested into Plot Terror and sorry Hunter Ground. Plot Terror, um, other hand though, um, I just watched a cutscene compilation of three, and I'm like, what am I watching? Is this a comedy skit? <laughs> Not exactly, <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of cutscenes, that'll be interesting to go into later on. Yes, yes. Because um, there is a bit of history behind them. My answer is... My answer is pretty boring. I just want to go real quick on that. Like, I got into Haunting Ground when I saw the death scenes or death animations within the game. And then I got into Clock Tower just because of this podcast. So I started playing like all the games, trying to get through them in an expedient amount of time. And I really like just had a lot of fun and enjoyed them. So pretty boring answer, but that's how I got into the entire series. And I don't regret it. Also, oh. anyone else? Uh, I was just going to say, um, when I was in high school, actually, my part-time job was at GameStop. And oh. 
definitely got intrigued by the cover art for Clock Tower 3 and decided to pick it up. Why not? And just found I loved the series, went from there. All right, I'm going to go next. Um, let's see. For me, I'm actually a subscriber to the Survival Horror Network on YouTube and just happened to see, um, I believe it was the first Clock Tower game pop up on their playlist. Watched through it, got very intrigued by it, and just basically binge-watched the whole series and then decided I needed to at least play the first game. Still working on the other ones, but very, very intrigued by it. All right, all right. Um, anyone else? Probably leaves. Probably leaves me. <clears throat> um, so yeah, for all those syndicate super fans that are out there, um, obviously I've played absolutely gobs of Resident Evil across time, uh, which means inevitably you come across uh, the likes of Clock Tower because even in its early form, there's a lot of uh, similarities. And this is before Capcom got their hands on the series. Um, you know, doing the YouTube channel, people have asked me about it a lot. Um. You know, can you get involved in this and Hoyton Ground as well? Uh, I never actually played any of the games, however, until um, incredibly recently, like right now, I'm um, currently going through the games, which you can see at Backshow 993 on YouTube. Cheap plug. Um, no, <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, Clock Tower is, is uh, a fascinating series. Um, it's very all over the place, though, which is something I think we're going to talk about a lot from uh, its beginnings in 1995 to. Uh, where it ended up turning up in the mid two thousands, um, it is a a heck of a journey. And drill. Yeah, there's a funny story about that. But yeah, actually, I got first. I think the first time I ever knew of the series was three because I think because back when Blockbuster was still around, if anyone ever remembers that, they would all. <laughs> They would always they would have us rent new games for like five days. I think like they had like a gold label on them where it was you could only keep them for like three or five days. I think so. My sister rented Clock Tower Three, and that's how I got exposed to it. Although, although the first scene I ever saw was when that when that hammer guy like bashed the girl's head in. So that was interesting. And then after that, I think I found it at like a flea market for ten bucks compared to what what it's worth now. Right, really, ten bucks? Yep, that's a gem. Nice. Yeah. Clock and then Tower I, Two, almost five hundred dollars. Remember, there was a sequel. Well, technically, technically, it was going to be Clock Tower Four with Haunting Ground, and then I found it on eBay for like eighty bucks Dude. back when it was still affordable. Look at these prices. That's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, I love the story for that one right there. Yeah, just I got tweeted this um, a week ago of uh, 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 one of those little stores in the States. Uh, Clock Tower 2 on sale for $441.99. It was always a pricey game. It just went up really high because of pandemic. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I will quote my response uh, to, this, to this thread, which was, what the actual living fuck? That was my response. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I, I, I think so with I think with two, I saw a playthrough of it, and then I thought, wow, this game's shit. 
And yeah, that's pretty much my exposure. Oh, also, I watched some videos on what the first one and technically first fear since Clock Tower, the first Clock Tower game's actually a sequel. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird labeling with the names from what I noticed. Like, apparently, Clock Tower 2 isn't really um no i think it's the first clock tower for the ps1 the very first one not first fear that's clock tower 2 in japan i believe it's no yeah um, i've i think it's the i think if memory serves the very original one um i don't think ever saw a localized release outside japan but no yeah, it was on the famicom slash playstation but yeah. they Super called it, they called it the first fear on the PS1 which is a port or enhanced version of that game uh which I played patched I think they made like an English localization and I played it there uh but yeah, well, the first fear is confusing because the first fear is a remake of the game that came out 2 years after it initially came out which was a year after the 1996 one on the PlayStation 1 so it's all fucking it's, it's all, all backwards yeah, yeah. I'm, it's I'm all, looking yeah. at the thing right now and first fear or clock tower the first fear is um the first installment of the clock tower series yeah 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 they they yeah. have the 2D version we're going to talk about in a second yeah it was 95 um and then it didn't see a localization until 97 by which point clock tower 2 had already come out although the us didn't know that so it was called clock tower 1 because this was in the world where much like final fantasy the numbering yeah i must see that the us and Japan <laughs> yeah it ended up working no out it's the, it's the exact it, same it, thing yeah ghost head was called 2 and then when we actually and then 3 ended up still being called 3 because yeah. it was the third game we got Exactly. So, it's so it all exactly. worked out technically. Well, it was originally called three in Japan anyway because Ghost Head. I forget the American title, but Clock Tower Ghost Head is not a continuation of the actual. It's a spinoff. It's a spinoff. So that's why and they still kept kept Clock Tower one, two, and then three, which was the I'll, fourth one. Also, Ghost Head took place in Japan, while the U.S. version made them all American. They called um, Ghost Head in America Clock Tower 2, The Struggle Within. So it's still, yeah. it's still confusing nonetheless because yeah. now when you really think about it, there's technically two Clock Tower 2s. I don't know. Yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> Sad point is that by that point in the series, this was the least of their problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess we should move on. Sure. So question number two. Make. Uh, yeah, Shadow, read it. Yeah, so um, the earlier or earliest Clock Tower game uh, was known for its 2D point and click adventure style. Um, does it feel outdated uh, for its legacy titles? Um, I think um, one thing I've had to re I've had to bear in mind because I've been going through the series recently is a lot of this you have to bear in mind is a lot of context. So if you're talking about the original game, you got to think back to 1995, and you know gaming was pretty different compared to what it is now um and that's just the nature of it you know on the famicom system there's only so much you could physically do um and obviously you look at nowadays standards with everything that goes on now you look at and think how how was this a medium that existed why don't you might as well go read a book in like an empty room with like some air conditioning and that'd be just as, as fun um i think that, to be honest i think it's complicated. Um, I think Clock Tower has always chosen to have one foot sort of like 
in the past a little bit. Um, and you think of all the games that were coming out and around it, you know, the Resident Evil series was about to start kicking in. Silent Hill wasn't much further down the line. Um, you know, a series like Clock Tower kind of going for a bit more sort of old fashioned, traditional sort of style of gaming, um, I think is always destined to be a bit niche. Uh, it, you know, it's like if you, if you, you know, had um, a really knowledgeable, like a like an amateur writer that you knew, and you asked them to write a, a slasher, a slasher flick in a in a mansion with a bit of a supernatural element, you probably wouldn't get something too far away from what Clock Tower actually is in the end. And you know, it's not a knot for Clock Tower, um, but you know, there's only so much you could do in 1995. You know, you couldn't have these 96 crazy, actually, 96, whichever one it is, 96, yeah. Either way, like, there's only so much you could physically do with video games. Um, it was just starting to go through, um, you know, the revolution into 3D graphics, um, and the whole world that opened up from then. Um, I think it was perfectly serviceable. I think for what it needed to do, it was fairly basic. It was fairly straightforward. Um, there's nothing too complicated. It didn't need to be really. Um, to be fair, I actually thought the style of art I thought, was actually not too bad for the game. Um, but I think you have to, you can't look at it with modern eyes because I think it would be a bit unfair. You have to try and take it in context of what was out at the time. Even at the time, though, it received quite a bit of criticism for being point and click. Yeah, I mean, like, this is what I mean. that they Because, again, a lot of games around were starting to go down this route of, you know, exploring out more. But um, I guess human entertainment kind of didn't want that sort of that sort of idea to die or they felt they could do something still with the medium of a slower place a slow so paced sort of style of game and kind of a more brooding atmosphere and um you know kind of like trying to instill that fear upon the player um i think it was a difficult ask and it's a tough sell and you're never really gonna convince like the grass majority to really buy into it but you know, if you're into that yeah. kind of thing, I think there's definitely um, scope to play the game and kind of try and, you know, get involved in that sort of thing. And the game has its moments. Uh, even the first game, I think, um, has its has its moments where it's, you know, it gets at you a little bit. Yeah. I think it's also because it came out nine... It, it came out nine months after RE1. Yeah. And they literally... And they were moving from a new console from the Super Famicom to the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, this is it, it, the two games are only a year apart. Yeah, which is which is quite staggering when you think about it. And while yes, admittedly, Resident Evil One at the time was it hadn't it was like it wasn't quite series defining. People think that Resident Evil One dropped and that was it. Small Horror was changed forever and a day. It wasn't quite like that. It took another installment to really kind of solidify that. But yeah, realistically, um, that would have been Resident Evil Two. Yeah, exactly. Resident Evil 2 yeah. really laid that down. Um, but I think it showed already that the trends were changing. Um, and whether you want to criticize human entertainment for perhaps being stuck in their ways or admire them for trying to do one last spin with kind of an older version of the medium, I think kind of depends on how you want to look at it, really. It's a bit kind of glass half empty, glass half full sort of thing. So the only I thing... I have not... But... I was saying, like, I don't have a lot of experience with the um the original games though. Bob said it so like, it's better to stick with you know than try to do something completely new because um God forbid it went full three D, it could have turned out for the worse versus saying what they know and the game would have stayed at least consistently decent or good. Yeah, you know? it it kind of reminds me the original game 
of literally like like a slasher novel, but kind of put into a Super Famicom game. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. it it's 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 fairly straightforward. There's not a lot of crazy twists and turns. We obviously talk about some plot bits and pieces and regarding obviously the main character and why she's actually there, but it's all kind of fairly typical stuff. Your, your group of people are there. They're all orphans. And it turns out people looking after them are actually crazy people because of course they are. Um, but it doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, yeah. you're, you're not there in, in on the super Famicom trying to, you know, weave like winding ballads you're there to deliver an experience and kind of being at and they went for a suspenseful style um i think they are definitely the game is probably a bit too long in the tooth more often than not to kind of really get on it does get a bit chory when you start having to go backwards and forwards and like you're trying to work out what to do it can be pretty frustrating um but i can't say that i think it's a bad game it might be a bad game when you look at it in 2021, but I think for the time, I think it was a, it was a good starting point. You know, it was something to, to have at and begin with and something to build from, which I think they actually legitimately at least attempted to do. Yeah. Also, what's funny is that the original game takes a lot of ideas from Phenomena, the Dario Argento film from the 80s, since they kind of have a similar plot. Mm. Even the main character is like model after Jennifer in that movie, so you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's clear Probably. that she was modeled after Jennifer Connolly. Yep. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's not fine. just a similar plot. It's the main actress. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, why not do so? Like I said, it is a series that has unabashedly a little bit old school. So why not do that? You know, makes sense to me. I would probably do it. So my only issue with all of this, and I usually play retro games, you know, as the time they came out, I have my mindset that they're old. Uh, but one thing that was really mind boggling was just how cryptic the original clock tower was, like finding out where to go, the navigation, what to do. Um, that's all core to the game. And another thing I kind of didn't like is how they tried to adapt the point and click mouse and keyboard thing to controllers because honestly if you're going back and playing these games you might as well rewire your controller to be mouse and keyboard because i had situations where i tried to pick up something to hit scissors man and he ended up killing me because somehow i was too slow to pick up the weapon even though it was pinpoint accurate so there's those little like nagging problems that were like in the back of my head when i played the first one even though i still enjoyed it now, while I would agree, I will make one mention and say that I have played the original Lone in the Dark, which was control as you see fit tank controls, and my god, that was it worse? That shit, fuck me. Oh <laughs> man, you have not seen my stream of that game. Holy fuck! I have not played any Alone in the Dark. That's a Alone, podcast Alone, for another Alone day. Alone in the Dark one is uh, an experience that any survival horror player should put themselves through just to see how it all began and how far we've all come. That's all oh, I'm going yeah. to say. I yeah, did that it predates Resident stream. Evil. Oh Ooh. man, I did I'll... that blind on stream. That was a uh, yeah, was very much so. Uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Trust me. Yeah, it's but, uh, yeah. It is. It's frustrating, but it's it's not like really annoying. Frustrating. It makes sense. You kind of like slightly almost sympathize with the game because it's so old. But 
That's what's you know what's interesting is that the original clock tower and to actually support the PlayStation mouse if you yes. happen to own one. Yes, yeah. Um, in fact, um, uh, quiet side of here, but yeah, they do do that, and I believe you can even if you're daring and willing to, uh, if you happen to have the game and, and start to emulate it, uh, you can actually do a variant of the PlayStation 1 mouse uh, as well for Clock Tower, uh, which I did try. I think it, it was a bit oversensitive, but it was probably better than using uh, a controller because it was pretty sluggish. But yeah. yes, you're right. did have PS1 mouse. And can, believe that. can you believe that, folks? Or whatever is a mouse for the PlayStation One. It just seems so absurd. Now. You gotta use it because it's a pure recommendation. It's not good with a, with a controller. And um, one other thing I kind of didn't like is that when when I got to like Clock Tower Struggle Within, that game was even with mouse, it was still bad in recognizing stuff. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe certain games were like having that issue, but yeah. Overall, the experience was mostly good. It was just when I got to that point where everything was being like cryptic, that kind of threw me for a loop and I had to look up a guide. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I don't blame a lot of people did. I had to look it up at one point, but the game is a bit too vast and spaces for its own good. Like you can stumble upon quite a few of the plot lines as you go, but like piecing it together to how to actually get to the end section is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a trial and error thing, which you could potentially spend a long time playing around with stuff that means absolutely nothing. Yep. It's, it is unfortunately a legacy of games from 1996. But yeah, it was worse than the Famicom one because a lot of the rooms looked similar. Yes. And um, because how big the mansion was. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to the game, if you're going to have a game that's that one of its selling features, the fact you have multiple different endings, you do have to have some extraneous content that you may or may not interact with in various ways. So you do kind of have to, it kind of comes off with it. Um, so, you know, it's part of the package, but it could have been handled better. All right. So I guess we could move on to the next one. Yes, right. Sure, no problem. So, how did you feel about the shift to 3D and onwards after Clock Tower, the first fear? Did you feel like there were clear enhancements to the formula or not? Um, uh, if, if we're speaking, like, in my experience at least with 3 and Underground, I will say yes. Ignoring, like, some of the, the funky shit with um, 3 though, I think having it in 3D with complete full control of the character definitely has the experience because you can add in more moving parts into um to um to the game yeah like uh, from among other things like having this guy follow you around from each room you know god forbid you know having him panic having you panic you know like yeah just like the way the games are built at least under capcom definitely enhance the experience more so than the 2d ones just from my experience also no yeah, experience yeah yeah i i feel like that was probably the only reasonable direction to go because you could, I guess they couldn't do point and click forever, so they that was the only reasonable way to go. It's a bizarre hybrid. I mean, like it, it, it really feels it. Like I've played like Broken Sword games on like, the PS One, which again is kind of similar feel. But yeah, having that kind of like that hybrid of like sort of miniature three D areas to manipulate and interact with, but still using point and click, but you're still maneuvering 
3D ways is it's a bit jarring at first. It takes some getting used to, 100%. Uh, I would also like to say at this point, assistant, assistant director Stanley Gotts is the fucking man. Just want to get that one out there. Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When he I saw him, the man, he punched out scissor head or <laughs> scissor face or whatever his name is. <laughs> scissor man. Scissor man. When he punched him, that was the greatest thing ever. I saw that man absolute, get Falcon punched. It was fantastic. Absolute legend, Stanley. Yeah. Goss. What a guy. Um, to be fair, that actually, I actually reckon it's one of the highlights of uh, the second game, the, the, the PS1 Clock Tower one. Um, I actually reckon like that the cast is like absurdly moronic, but almost sympathetically so. Um, and to be fair, they are quite they're quite entertaining. Uh, you know, from from Jennifer to Helen, Gotts obviously is amazing. Uh, you've got the uh, the TV the studio dudes. You've got the other people in the lab as well. Um, like I have never seen a bunch of eight or nine people make as many ill-informed and idiotic decisions like costing their own lives surely so many times in the space of four hours but it's like almost admirable and i couldn't I mean, help but just watch on have you think, how badly is this going to end oh have you seen horror movies man like i'm pretty sure no that could give a, a good this, one for it, I, I mean yes but this is a special case i mean uh, my my in particular focus comes to uh the kid and like the adoptive mother and how she is like, uh, I think it's it Jennifer Helen says, you know, we're gonna we're gonna head on over to uh, to England. We're just gonna travel the freaking coast. Um, and the mother's like, no, we can't possibly do this. And the kid says, hey, we should probably do this. She's like, okay, and he just fucking go. Should have killed Edward. He's just like, he should have died. He should have died. <laughs> what <Yeah>. the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And it's yeah. just, it's it, it is outrageous. If you value intelligence of your protagonists your heroes this is not the game for you if you don't care about that shit then it is just an absolute popcorn ride that is just entertaining and wacky and i think very emblematic of the time the game i don't think took itself particularly seriously and i for the benefit it's is so so fucking absurd with so much shit that happens but it's great you know and it's, it, it's yeah it's just absurd like you convince about seven or eight people to go on a plane to go to england from like scandinavia and we're all just like sure and then they start getting lost and i'm like what the hell is they that get, they is... get lost in a forest instantly like i mean this is the most incompetent group of heroes i have witnessed in my life and i love it <laughs> put them in a scooby-doo movie they'll get killed immediately well, the thing is, they don't. That's the thing. They somehow continue manage, managing to just like avoid, um, avoid constant peril and carnage all around them. It's just like a bunch of blundering idiots, and it's just like, how can you criticize them for it? Like, it's almost, it's so admirable. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great entertainment. Uh, I will also post as well, uh, for the purposes of the. I hope this might make it there. This is something, um. Clock Tower 2 also, I think, has some of the most absurd visuals I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, this is a particular one that I um, I summed up here. Um, like, I just... This is uh, this is what, hap what can happen to Mr. Gotts if you let bad things happen at the end of the game. 
Um, and it's just, as I wrote here, if there was ever a single image that sums up Clock Tower for 1996, this is absolutely it. This game is special, and everyone should play it. It is just... <laughs> it is just... There is so much to take in this image and scene, from got to what Jennifer's actually caring about. It's just... It's one of the most incredible scenes I've seen in a PlayStation game ever. And think of the ground that covers. Uh, so reverse T pose and the man is getting grinded in some gears. Like that's that's fantastic. Uh, bravo is, to there, this game. There is suspension of disbelief. There is destruction of physics. It looks there painful. Is, <laughs> what they? Yeah, what's the they, they referring to? Guts? Does he mean guts is nuts? Like oh, what? okay, no, I don't. <laughs> it could just be a spelling. It could just be a mistranslation. It, it, it is, but it's like it's 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 like I should criticize this image and say this is a horrendous video game. But I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, like you know, the typical human would be like screaming, you know, typical horror stuff. Like, oh my god, they look painful. Like what? He's he's not moving. By the way, he is still as a statue in that scene. Flash Nothing's happening. He's just. It's it's amazing. This, this if you've not played Clock Tower, PlayStation Nine Ninety Six, uh, just 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 do it, everyone. Do yourself a favor. Put yourself down for a few hours, um, and go for a maybe sort of questionable beginning, and just fucking sit back and watch the ride. There's just a lot of memes in this game. Just it is. Just a if lot. this if this game came out fifteen years later, like it would be the most famous game in history. <laughs> All right. Uh... Anything else to add into this one? Uh, well, I mean, um, it's hard not to talk about the second game uh, without talking about the one that followed it. Mm. <laughs> um, which oh. I think, yeah, I mean, like, it, it has to be covered here. I think the biggest crime of this all, this whole thing, is like to me, like the first game for the Famicom kind of like set the ground and gave an opportunity to like something to build upon something I honestly legitimately think they did with the second title um, and they kind of they, they took a wacky turn but they built upon what kind of worked and made it a bit more action-y which is more engaging and I actually think it wasn't a bad title um, and I think the biggest crime is not just that they got this wrong with the struggle within but i think that it was like it just the, got the basics wrong on every account and it's so disappointing i i mean i i played three videos of it i did two hours of that game and i couldn't do any more and it's just like i i couldn't bring myself to continue the series i just like free it, it's there's so much to, to criticize where do we even begin well yeah that kind of killed the franchise for them it was i mean people I've heard people talk about, like, uh, you know, Mass Effect Andromedon being a series killer, Fallout 76 being a series killer. Clock Tower 2, The Struggle Within, was a series killer. Like, and there is well, no... Well, yeah, they went out of business after that. I know. It's, it's just... And to be honest, I think that was the right thing. I think they deserved to go out of business. <laughs> that game is, is just... Yeah, who hurt oh, you? Apparently they did. It, it, okay, so I played it. I feel his pain. Clock Tower Ghost Head is so cryptic with everything you have to do. Um, I was talking to Ninja about it. He was saying that you have to do things in a certain order. Otherwise, you die. 
Um, yeah. you could be stabbed. Nah, yeah. You could be stabbed by a little girl in like the first five minutes and instantly die if you don't like parrier, which is very dumb. Um, you have to expect the samurai armor, otherwise you will get the bad yeah, endings. It's, it's so well, dumb. That's probably my favorite one in particular. Is that if you yeah. don't look at the armor, you die. Yeah, like the game. how would yeah, you know that as a first-time player? It's it's reminds it me of something. If you, it, it reminds me of if you think back to those point-and-click games for PC in like the the mid to late eighties, how you'd have like this obscure item that you'd have to pick up to start the game, and if you never picked it up, the game would wait until the very end to fuck you and say you have to play the whole game again because you didn't pick up this weird looking cloth at the start, which you actually needed to save the world in the end of the game, and you're like you're a fucking dick. And, like, it, it's pretty it's pretty much the same thing really and, it's it's a crime and this is all like stage one like it, it's not like you wait until the end of the game and then all of a sudden like they start playing with you with the endings this is like the first area of the game where they do this yeah exactly and it's not even the biggest crime i think to be like, there are some admirable things I think they tried. Um, the whole idea of having kind of like the the dual personality system between Alyssa and and Bates, like I get the idea because you're trying to kind of like it's like part of the puzzle. You know, there's certain things that one character can do, but the other character can't, and that sort of thing. You have to go backwards and forwards to kind of get the right solution. I think on paper, like it, I can see a degree of of sense to it. But when you actually execute it, it becomes this horrendously painful and time-consuming trial and error, repetition again and again of having to do the same bits and pieces. But like, do I do it as one? Do I do it as the other? Do I fight them? Do I run? Do I look at this window in case like this matters at the end of the game? Um, and it's just, it's it's so horrendously contrived, and it's just, nothing feels achieved. And when you're already in a game where you're already arbitrarily moving from point A to point B to activate some random point C, which you couldn't activate before, even though point B has nothing to do with it in the first place. It just means you can now open this door. Um, it's, it's a game that I... I cannot recommend and I wouldn't even suggest playing it for historical purposes. Oh no, don't don't please don't, don't do play it. Ghost Head yeah. unless you want to torture yourself. Yeah, and I mean the game has 14 different endings, so yeah. <laughs> well, I would probably reckon only one of those is probably worthwhile and that's the one where you get killed at the start. And oh that's the only God, one you should man. ever see. Yeah, you can actually die if you don't go into the house or something like that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was probably intended to be like it was probably intended to be like a joke ending. Yeah, it's 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 such a shame. Um, you know the plot is completely nonsensical. It's not explained. If you read the, if you read the manual, like you might have some idea of what's going on. But a manual is meant to be there to give additional information, not be if you don't read this, you're fucked. You have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's so many areas to criticize uh, the struggle event. It's just a complete um, failure on all fronts to do a game properly. Um, and while I'm not one to condone people losing their jobs, I'm partially glad that human entertainment got uh, fell apart because of it somewhat. Because I mean, in fairness, though, you put in on shit work, though. Like you know, there are consequences. 
Yeah, it's it's just it just wasn't good enough. Um, and I think considering that the previous game, I really enjoyed in a kind of a nihilistic way. It was like a guilty pleasure. Um, I knew going to the third was going to be tough, but um, even with a low standards, it was horrendously disappointing. Um, you know, and if that was the last we'd ever heard of Clock Tower ever, I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, it's just uh, a, a horrendous shame. All right. Oh, by that note, though, I think we should go ahead and move on to the next one. What was the real number four? Uh, let's see. Going once, going twice. So it's all the drill, bit. Yeah, all right. One <laughs> of the uh, oh, one of the main highlights focus on pursuing enemies, namely Scissor Man. You could trigger events that would knock pursuers out, but it wouldn't kill them. How do you feel about this approach of constantly being on the run versus having a gun at all times? I mean, uh, I don't. Be, to be quite frank, though, like the the pursuers or stalkers and clock tower, like a simple gun just will not put them down. No. I mean, well, clock tower struggle within demonstrated this, but you could physically shoot a fucking kid. <laughs> like what? You know, that kid probably earned it too, though. So anyway, uh, I mean, like, go. That thing is scarier than to be chased by some maniac killer with no weapon. Mm. I mean, at least, I think it's I think it at least offers a different way of playing a survival horror game. I don't mind the run and hide thing, although I don't like it when it's cryptic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. only adds to the like scare factor i think but it also makes you have to think more creatively how to get past them are you at a dead end you know looking around for items i feel like it adds a lot more to games than games where you just have a weapon hit them once or twice and you're done yeah i mean although it was kind of bullshit with the second game because sometimes you only could back them off if you use the amulet Ugh. ah jeez i've Honestly, it made me wish you could just. I'm so dumb with that game. I can't even go there anymore. Honestly, it just makes me wish you could just be Bates all the time because you can at least knock them out. Yeah, and at least he had some good lines. Um, I mean, like, I I actually reckon the for the whole. I feel they did the the whole kind of stalker pursuit stuff actually not too badly. Um, especially in in a game which is very tension based, you have to have some things that they some breaking points where like the tensions turns into like actual something happening you know and it's kind of like putting you in a situation you have to deal with um i think even the original game like it was probably some of the better parts when you're actually being chased by scissor man um and for uh the night the 96 version uh the playstation one whenever it came out um you know there was some wacky stuff sometimes it was arbitrary you have to like where there's the fire extinguisher why am i about to use like a kendo stick on this dude but it all works um, and some of the animations are admittedly hilarious. You know, attacking Scissor Man with a frying pan or getting a pot and just chucking his head and running away. I mean, you can't not laugh at that. Um, but you, yeah, you have to have this whole kind of pursuer thing. And it's something that obviously, as time has gone on throughout gaming, is something that's been revisited and refined. Obviously, Nemesis is the obvious go to. Um, you know, that some you could fight back at least, but it was not really about that. It was that constant omnipresence, and, and you have to start somewhere. 
that one of the things I really appreciate for, like, say, Haunted Ground, for example, is how each pursuer is, like, generally different from the other. Of course, that applies to all the games, though, but in this one in particular, mm-hmm. you have your big strong guy, the first one, who is super slow. You got your um, quick-witted, who actually uses the environment against you, as you would against um, the stalkers. You got the asshole with the gun, and you got the um, asshole with supernatural powers. Sounds like Dead yeah. Daylight. Although, towards the end of Haunting Ground, it gets a bit silly. I mean, isn't my most popular game silly? Three. <laughs> Hint. Yeah, I mean, probably. But, you know, I think, to be fair, we what? When did Haunting Ground come out? 2006? 2005. Same year 2005. as Resident Evil 4, by the way, which why that game is so... Ast- that is astonishing, isn't it? It's absolutely... Oh. That's an astonishing fact, everyone. We're, we are so old. No. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> and not just that, but like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, you've gone far enough in gaming that you should be able to like have some things that kind of manipulate the environment or play around with stuff in bits and pieces, you know? Experiment, explore, do, do different shit. You know, why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anything else to this question? Because I feel like um, that right there just came and went. Mm, uh, nope. No, I don't think so. I, 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 I would say is that yeah. I think, um, I think sometimes it came across probably a bit clunky, and obviously there's there's some some frustrations where like you'll uh, you'll get attacked maybe, and then you're pushing away, and then you don't control where your person runs to, and they just run to like the absolute worst freaking door ever. You're just like ugh. Which is actually the next question too, though, because I do have very mixed opinions on the panic system. Oh yes, of course, yeah, good point actually. Good segue. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. No, no since you're talking about it, you might as well just read it off then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what are our thoughts on the panic system? Uh usually there's a traditional health bar uh, that shows damage accrued over time. Um, but uh, Clock Tower and Hot Ground seem to be more focused on how scared the character is. If panic is full, and your character could possibly trip, stand still, um, or die in one hit. Um, how do you think this was ultimately handled? I actually want to go first in this one. Yeah. yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I actually like the idea of the panic system. Like, you're literally having a panic tag, right? Because of the situation you're in, right? But the one thing that I will not be in favor for is tickling the control of my character. Like, if I'm going you know, left, I better not be going down. <laughs> like, yeah. let me go to the direction I'm picking, right? It's one thing to make me, you know, run slower or tripping, which, you no, know, that makes sense because you're panicking or, you no, know, potentially make a slop from state where it could actually get you killed in one hit, right? That's, that's fine. I can live, at least live with that, right? But I just cannot stand to not have any form of control mm. whatsoever. And that's one thing I would never, especially if Cloud Tower um, 3, no, the pen system in that one is honestly worst, part of worst uh-huh, example of it. At least from um, other games that have similar system in place, because once the girl gets hit on um, peak panic, though, she just like side the hit chop over the place, like go left, go right. <laughs> she goes everywhere else but the direction that you want to go. Yeah, so that was just frustrating. It's, it's like, a very fine line, is isn't it though, between like kind of hindering the player and not just taking away their one form of control over what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It can be a very fine line, um, and one that Clock Tower and Haunting Ground. Like they kind of openly have to sort of tread because they're trying to inhibit the player. But how you do that in a way that's not completely restrictive is, yeah, that could be very difficult. Yeah. I just on top of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if I say the mechanic was like the best thing ever, right? If that one one flaw that's 
um, seriously crippling, then people would just discount it completely, regardless how everything else about it was great. I just hate the random stage fright, like, move, you're, you're, you're about to be killed, like, don't just stand there, move, like, uh, that's one thing I, I just did not like about the panic system. As an idea, it's interesting and intriguing because, you know, usually you take damage, you get injured, stuff like that, but this is, like, different, it's, like, all based on fear. I like how it's done, I just don't like how it's executed. Mm. Right. I was gonna add, like, with the third game, I think, well, with the third game, they kind of, it's kind of not as much of a big deal because you can always just use items to take it away immediately. I, I do like that you can gain it back or you could use items. In the first one, you could not do that. You had to just sit there and wait until your meter gets full again as opposed yeah. to using items or having the panic system like regenerate because it did not do that in the first one well, unless you stood like totally still well you see though like that's also something that if you have items in the first place though because it is really really easy to get your panic meter up to maximum in three right so if you just yeah. constantly burning items still left and right then you're going to run out of something that that will cleanse your um your madness on top of that too though uh i don't remember if there's a thing or not though but doesn't clock tower penalize you for using items anyway or at least mm. um three and no four. the third one doesn't there's no okay you can just I'll, use I'll, items as long as you have them i was making sure because given this is capcom here though sometimes they will penalize you for using items in certain games as but for sure. getting into situational stuff like that i i did not like waste a lot of items because i just kept like refilling on holy water and the guys will like stop chasing me for like a few seconds but it is kind of excruciating when like they spawn right on top of you i had that happen like twice where they mm -hmm. spawn on top of you and automatically your panic meter goes all the way up to orange and i'm like what the hell how does how does oh, this I dude on me that. Yeah, it's yeah, the worst exactly. thing in the world. Yeah, I feel like in Clock Tower 3, I would have probably hated the panic system a lot more if it weren't for the fact that you had the holy water, you had all the items. Like, I never found it to be that much trouble for me. But if I didn't have that, I think it would have been a lot more annoying. Oh, I definitely yeah. agree. I think it it's worth, yeah, especially later in the game where you don't even have there's not even any really any safe rooms, so you just have to keep moving. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, I agree. It's what from what from what little I've managed to play of Clock Tower Three at the moment, um, because obviously it's 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 I think it's fascinating anyway, seeing how you've got this very old sort of style series that's then been kind of taken from uh, by you know Sunsoft and then Capcom ended up developing a game off the back of it. And it, I think it's fascinating to watch them kind of bring their own brand onto onto the series. Like, you can see Capcom's fingerprints all over uh, Clock Tower 3 in all sorts of ways and designs and how the game works and it looks. Um, but it is ultimately the problem you have is how do you take a very kind of old school and slow style and how do you bring it into the 21st century? Um, and it's kind of difficult, really, because you're trying to do like the suspenseful kind of chasing thriller style, but like it's very passe, I think, which is, I think, you know, using items and stuff to kind of like deal with the panic meter, um, definitely strikes me as a very kind of 21st 
early 21st kind of work around. It doesn't really address the core issue. It's kind of just trying to band-aid it and kind of make you forget that it exists. As if it's a problem, you just kind of get on with it. It's like, oh, well, I had a bad spot. Well, let's just use an item and we just move on with our lives. It's not not ideal, I don't think, but I guess it kind of works, question mark. There doesn't seem to be a particular shortage of items, so... And that's actually one of the particular things I, I really like about Haunted Ground, just from a structural standpoint. Like, Capcom took like what they did with three Cloud Tower in general and just literally made their own game. Rather than it's just like, okay, this is Cloud Tower, right? How can we, you know, make it familiar while also doing our own thing, right? Here, next in this other game, Haunted Ground with Demento and um overseas, you know, is our own game. We do what fuck with it. So, mm. uh, that, that's yeah. Although it's. it's... Although it's funny because it's it was a Clock Tower game, but it, it was supposed to be Clock Tower Four, but they also used ideas from like Resident, well, from like the I think it was the Castle version of Resident Evil Four. And they used assets and whatnot from um, Resident Evil Four. Yeah, because apparently Leon was supposed to meet a girl with a dog, similar to the Haunting Ground. There's, there's a lot of things that Leon was and wasn't meant to do in that castle. <laughs> it's fascinating, but yeah. There's also uh, some sounds and assets taken from Devil May Cry, so it's I I really enjoyed this era of Capcom where they had like a hodgepodge of ideas. It was really just entertaining back then. It's a real melting pot, like it definitely strikes me as that. It's 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 fascinating to look back at it, like fifteen twenty years, like looking back and just kind of seeing all these really homebrew ideas and then seeing how some of them spawned the stuff that moved on later on. Like, like you said, with Devil May Cry and such, it's very fascinating. I'll read it. So Clock Tower and Haunting Ground had lots of predetermined events or endings. Events would either lead to enemies being knocked out or would end with you being killed. What was your favorite and least favorite event? Is it a con to say that my favorite and least favorite event is the fact that this system exists? Or is that not a fair answer? Uh... Hmm, I kind I kind of get what you're saying though because yeah, you know you know what I mean. Like having gone through struggle within or the just the struggle that you know what it's it's about. I think it's fine. Like you have to have some way of defending yourself and buying yourself time. The problem is how do you not make this incredibly contrived? And I think that's yes. where you become you start getting unstuck very, very quickly. Like you kind of get the idea, you know, like kind of pushing like some heavy object at the at the guy chasing you to buy you some time, knocking out quickly. Fine, you know. Um, someone's trying to bash through the door, put like um a chest of drawers in front so they can't do that. Makes perfect sense. I'd do that. But when literally, you know, when you walk through a door and you grab like a stick and the 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 attacker just walks up to you casually and you just hit him on the head and you just leave the room. <laughs> I, I mean I do this, like this is the problem you have. As an alternative for like knocking out the enemies, I, I do like that is there, but I also hate that it could fuck you over because I've seen in Clock Tower 2, I was trying to run out of a castle door. I ran out of it and there was a bottomless pit. So the character, 
yeah the character lashed on to like the door and there goes like scissor man he just flew out of the door and my character also dies so that's like a kamikaze a double kill right there i'm like why is this game like this like oh, no to be that yeah that there are a couple of kind of fake outs um, there's a couple of items you can try and use in chase, but don't actually do anything as well, which I think's fine. I think, like, expecting everything to work, I kind of get, but I can understand why that could be frustrating, especially in a situation like that. Although, to be fair, the image of, like, playing as Helen, hanging onto a doorknob, and his <laughs> man just charging you, and you'll fall into a bottomless pit, sounds pretty funny to me. Oh, uh, that, that's too hilarious. Like, it was like a double kill. And I think it's also linked to the panic system, because uh there's like a struggle mechanic in this game where you can actually get out of stuff and break it so there's one moment where gots like punched out scissor man and it was another one where i just instantly died yeah because of um because it yeah your struggle doubles as your health meter you can get into like two struggles um and then you can't get into a third unless you have some time to recuperate basically and not be involved in anything Yep. Um, you know, so like you have to only and the being and getting out of the struggles doesn't really do anything. It's kind of like that's like your 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 free strikes and your out roll. By that point, you've got to have worked out a way to hide or to deal with the situation otherwise, which wasn't particular. I don't think it was overly punishing. I think it was generally pretty reasonable. I think it's the worst when like either RNG happens or you both just die, or you yeah. just die and you don't know what you're doing you went to the wrong place an event triggered and you get killed because i had that happen yeah. to me on a uh, hunting ground oh really yeah i, mean, I probably shouldn't ask what exactly because i'll probably spoil it but oh i, I don't want to spoil it but you will know when you see it believe me yeah, uh sure. uh I, I, I can't even say what it is because it's spoilers but you will see what i mean yeah that's nice to be on a podcast and worry about spoilers. Uh, well, for him, I just want him to walk into it and watch the madness. That's it. It will be recorded. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I um, like, I do have a problem with. I, I get the system. I think it's it's very prone to just being completely absurd and kind of breaking any suspension of disbelief. Um, like there's definitely some some entertainment as I mentioned the uh, in the kitchen in the back end of PlayStation One's Clock Tower, um, you know, like attacking Scissor Man by hiding behind a table with a cooking pot and just chucking it on his head and running is pretty good. Um, Got just punching Scissor Man straight in the face is is we've we've said multiple times is fantastic. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to enjoy, a hell of a lot to enjoy, and um, but. You know, uh, the problem was is that you can get a game out of it, maybe two games, and you start running out of ideas. Um, and the, the it has to look believable as well. At least placed um Pop Tav PS1 like it had like full animations generally for what was actually happening, rather than as I said in Clock Tower, uh struggle within walk to object, grab object, face an intruder, don't move. They walk up to you, you hit them, you walk out the door. That's literally a play-by-play of what happens, and how can you defend that? Alright, uh, anything else to add? Is there some question? Uh, yeah, events are kind of trash. Like, I, I had one moment where Miss Mary 
choke me to death in the original and then oh, yes. and then i had a moment where i approached the mirror and it broke and it didn't happen so there's rng deaths in that game yes yes in the first so, one yeah there yeah. is some randomness to some of the events that occurs so that's all fun it just sounds like the first game has a lot of trial and error oh I it guess does believe in, me. i guess I guess back then, without the internet, you would just have to keep playing it over and over again until you knew everything. Which is hard, because the game randomized its own map to some degree as well, so it was a it was very kind of threw it all out on the wall and kind of saw what stuck, so some of it did all right, some of it did not age well. Um, and I think, to be fair, a lot of the event stuff, I think that I think that probably sums up, I think it's very of its time. It's very much kind of very mid to late 90s sort of gaming, this whole kind of event sort of thing, you know, like the illusion of choice where half the time it's not really a choice at all. <laughs> well, as Bart system, uh, Bart system, as Bart Simpson gets choked out in the <laughs> chat, uh, we can move on to the next question. Oh, no, scared sheep. Uh, we'll read off the next question. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we're on number seven. There we go. Um, what was your favorite and least favorite ending? Uh, I'm not going to comment on this one. Yeah, Shout out to the name of the 14 endings he likes so much in, in that particular game. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I've not seen too many of them. Um, I mean, I, I like... I do like some of them. Um, I mean, uh, I will say the one one that does stick out is if you just try and chicken out in the original game, you just get the car keys, get the car, just drive off, and like you know, this is a bad day. You know, this can't end when you're driving away happily, and then you know you just see the flash of the scissors behind. Like, well, I've gone done fucked up. And you uh, don't even check the car before you get in. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crappy part. Well, Jen I mean, Jennifer's how, how did he get in, Bill? She's, uh, she's young. She somehow knows how to drive at like 14 years old, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, but I'd be fair, like, I think the game has some some not too bad endings. Uh, Clock Tower 2's got a couple of funky ones. Um, you know, I think just the, the, the like, the, the, the good endings Clock Tower 2, I don't think aren't that bad. They're a bit cheesy. The whole Jennifer Nolan stuff is a little... <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. It's very 1997. That's I think about all I can really say for that. But um, it's an 11 year gap. I know. An 11 year gap. Like no. It's 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 a little awkward. A it's little... made awkward because <laughs> by that point you've forgotten who started with who. So that doesn't particularly help. It, it's pretty uncomfortable. But it's like it was the mid 90s. No one gives a shit about that in the mid 90s apparently. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so bad, but it's not entirely untrue. Um, but like you know, like the, even just the general ending of you know taking on Scissor Man and like the portal opening, and then you know holding on for dear life, and Gots, of course, the hero that we all need in our lives, comes in and saves the day. All that sort of good stuff, jazz. So, uh, but some of the bad endings, to be fair, are also kind of like pretty horrendous, um, yeah. especially. Like some of the fates that can like come to some of your allies, as I've sort of shown what happens to Gots, you can have Barton literally impaled on a tree. Um, you know, there's some so, very yeah. miserable endings that can happen to some of you. Can so, see. yeah, it sounds like the only way to get the absolute best endings is just look up a guide. Yep. Yeah. 
or a lot of trial and error in saving. Uh, but nowadays, yeah, if you want the best saving... I like, think it yeah. has quick saving anyway. Um, there is saving, yeah, to some degree. Um, some of the games have some continue features, but the problem is it's difficult to know at what point you've already fucked your path. That's kind of uh, the nature of these sort of games. Um, but yeah, like getting the best endings is definitely a bit of work. Well, except for the third one, which is very straightforward. Mm. That's my understanding, which I'm not. I'm not unhappy with, to be fair. But I think, but be honest, I think by that point, I think the game series to me, like I don't think it's really trying to go for that anymore. It's trying to be more of a like a a cinematic kind of artistic experience, more than like we have twenty six different endings because that's how many letters of the alphabet we've got. Go get them all, and you're just like, why would I ever do this? I you mean, considering I mean, considering they had a Kinji Fukusaku directed who also did Battle Royale. You know, ending Z. Actually, listen to your mother and don't go to the fucking house. Yes. Although, although it is kind of sad, is that I think he died like a month after like the Japanese release, something like that. Yeah, which is pretty sad. Yeah, sucks. Um, jumping to Haunting Ground, did anyone oh. else who played it get a different ending other than the good one? It's the only one I ever well, got, but I actually well, really liked it. Which one's the good one? Uh, you mean, um, you mean the bad ending where like she gets uh knocked up? Yeah, that's like the bad one where she gets impregnated. Yeah, it's worth spoilers. Uh, well, yeah, the one that I like the most really was C. Um, I, I like I like uh, the ending where the dog and her live. Yeah, and that's honestly, the one that's that I always got. Uh, that's, um, well, honestly, um, A, B, and C, though, but the one in particular one, I just I like to see the most out of all three, but A is, I think, the more definitive ending. Uh, given the yeah. success of the game. So, I, I would say uh, favorite ending is Gots, like, being a hero, and least favorite is probably being stabbed in the vagina, no? by um that little girl and struggle within and then everything in haunting ground that ricardo does because that is a gross implication and is really fucked up that game is just like all forms of messed up with like a lot of sexual implications and impregnation and ricardo being ricardo who needs to be shot in the kneecaps yep i agree yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it is very upfront that he's a deviant and a weirdo. Uh, so is you who likes to suck on toes like Quentin Tarantino. I got it. Oh, shit, man. You're doing good. It's a no. God, damn. I'll let him live for now, maybe. But uh, I, I can't think of any other endings. Uh, some of the joke endings are pretty funny um, from what I've seen, but I haven't seen like all of them. But there are like those moments where you can like turn back and you'll automatically get killed. So I, I think that's like actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, although although the clock tower two ones are more annoying because you, it's just stuff that you have to already know about. Yeah, some some of them are cryptic, some not so much. Ghost Head is just like, well, you better know like eighty thousand things, otherwise you're not getting the good ending at all. It's it's the it most annoying like they, in that game. It just feels like they want you to fail 
your first couple playthroughs before you have to look it up and see how to get the I, best ending. I yep. guess maybe who knows, maybe hmm. Yeah. Well maybe I'm thinking too deep, but I guess back in, I guess so people wouldn't just beat it in a weekend and rent it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that mentality. <laughs> yeah. Like you have like you ever rent like a well, maybe you ever rent a PS one game and beat it in a weekend? Oh, well, not PS1 game, but no. games, yeah. PS2? Yeah, there's several of them, actually. The one that actually, I should you not have beaten one setting was a Ben 10 game back in the day. Like, literally, yeah. I did that one night, and, like, that was it. Damn, it must have been really short, then. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> I mean, um... the games back then were never very long, anyway. Ah... <laughs> Here and there, yeah. So it depends on uh, what type of game you're playing. Yeah, I play some long games back in the day. Or yeah. some honestly, honestly, it just makes me really miss places like Blockbuster where you can just rent games. And get yourself a box of candy, too, while you're at it. Yep. And then we came back and said, like, hey, look, you gave me the wrong disc. But hey, <laughs> that's, that's whatever. So I, so I suppose near question number nine, we have to, when we start talking about haunting ground, we have to put shadow on sabbatical because, uh, yeah, yeah. there's going to be some story details. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is fine. I accept that. So yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when we get there, but, uh, this is another haunting ground question for number eight. So I'll read it off. Um, haunting ground introduced a companion with a dog named Huey. How do you feel about their approach on how he factor into the game, especially with your bond with him being affected and it affected some of the endings you got as well. Uh, honestly, it's probably one of the best companion things you, um, that Kakam has done. He's basically your, your defense and your offense. But on top of that, actually, there's actually a game mode where you play as Huey and you got Fiona um, to, um, to the objective. So they should tell you how well um, Huey translated um, into um, the game via gameplay or as an AI component. Yeah. I love it's having all, I Huey. think it's like one of the very few games that actually had a dog companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, don't really... Joy. You don't really see a lot of games that utilize like animals being used um, as a companion. So this was something very different back in the day. Yep. And if there was games that did that, it's usually like a small segment. It doesn't last for like nearly most of the experience. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. There was the in Call of Duty Ghost, the dog. Yeah. That was dog. like. Uh, the realistic hey. AI dog? Yeah, where you can fish. have a bite enemies. <laughs> but this was a uh, next level. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you have to obviously get the dog to come over, and it could be a little bit annoying, but just pet him. And I seen some monsters kick him too. I'm like, why are you doing this? Cut the whole playthrough off right now. Yeah, you, like you essentially as the player bond with the dog, not just Fiona, just like you in general, just bond with the dog. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> but yeah, you can get an ending if you don't, if you're mean to the dog all the time. Although that is, be, why would you want to be mean to the dog though? I mean, I mean, his humanity can. is horrendous when it wants to be. That's why. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> I don't condone this. <laughs> 
you know, you, you can't trust people. You, you just can't. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. But I, I really like enjoyed this. I, I think if they did it again, it'd be pretty cool because very simple commands. You make them sit. He he does puzzles as well. So um, if you want him to sit somewhere and open a door or something while you figure things out, then uh, the dog is needed for that as well as to get into extra areas. So I, I thought that the way they incorporated it didn't feel like it was a throwaway mechanic. It felt like organic to the entire experience. Quite literally, considering that you, know, you had to uh, go your way to train it. Yep. And if yeah. you don't, he will not obey. I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. Although I think the only thing annoying was that some parts you needed the dog, and it was a bit cryptic to figure out how to get him to do oh. the puzzles. Hey, you remember that astral puzzle thing? Yeah, that yeah. Was easy. Oh yeah, one thing I did like is that you do need Huey to help you on the boss fight later on. I mean, honestly, that's like literally most boss fights. Yeah. Uh, well, this one in particular, you have to have Huey like knock someone off a building. Yeah. Good dog. <laughs> Good dog. Okay. Uh, I guess we're done with number eight, right? Because uh, yeah. Else yes. I have one quick question, just to throw subjectively. I don't know if this has been asked already. It may have already come up, but. Uh, I need to ask, in Haunting Ground, is Fiona simply just Jill Valentine for Resident Evil 5? I was like, waiting for someone uh, to say Yeah, you know, that's the thing everybody asks, like, why does she look like Jill? And nobody knows the answer. Like, nobody. Like, it's shockingly familiar. I, I get the yeah. idea of modeling her kind of semi-Jillish anyways, like... I can get that it's Capcom, they're gonna do it sort of thing, but it's like it's 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 frightening. You put a side to side uh battle suit, it's just like it's it's just Yeah, I might add too, like she predated Blonde Jill before Jill became blonde herself. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was gonna say, like, did Resident Evil 5 come out before no, or Resident, after? Resident oh, way, way after. Way after. I mean they were already they they were I mean they already were intending Jill to be in the plot anyway of five. Resident Evil 5 didn't come out for another, like, four years? Yeah, but they did, they did tease it. They did tease RE5 back in, like, 2005 or six. Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, that was a tease, yes, but um, not, um, oh, we didn't know any groundwork for Jill Valentine or so. That's crazy. Yeah, so we all have Fiona to thank. She is the Jill prototype. Thank uh, you, Fiona. Cheers <laughs> for that. Ah... <laughs> uh, uh... I guess we're going to do number nine. Um, I'll read this one off. How did you feel about the overall story for Cloud Tower or Hunter Ground? Did anything stand out um, when you played them? Uh, for me, I will stand on Hunter Ground, though. But first, um, I'll let you guys talk about Clock Tower. And I guess I get my pins on three because, you know, yeah, reasons. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you and you guys go first. I've, I've said plenty already, so. Hmm, any any new people want to talk about uh, how they felt about the clock tower story? Because honestly, I mean, to me, it's just like very straightforward stuff. I mean, you got honest, this. I... Oh, go ahead. I just honestly found it kind of lacking, to be honest, in the storyline. It was hmm. very kind of just throwing you in bits and pieces. And then all of a sudden you've got like a fight with. Uh, bow and arrow 
and you're this magical girl. And that's pretty much it until you get to the end. And there just, honestly, there wasn't much other than you flailing around quite spastically throughout every single cutscene. Yeah, to me, it was like mostly characters doing dumb things like horror movie conventions, um, trying to survive said conventions and then having those character interactions, which definitely counted for a lot with Clock Tower on the PlayStation 1. Uh, so overall, for what they tried to establish, it wasn't like super deep or complex. It was just there to get the ball rolling i did like enjoy it but i can see how there's other plots and stories and world building where it's definitely superior to clock tower like you could definitely say ari for example uh they do a lot more with the viruses and all that stuff compared to clock towers no contest but overall like i said you're trying to run away survive so for what they did i did appreciate it i mean you really didn't get overly attached to certain characters oh that's true yeah so it's kind of you know whereas with other series like resident evil you um even if it was one game like there was some sort of attachment that you would form with them over the course of a game and i felt like with the clock tower there was that lack of attachment with really just any of the characters like jennifer's uh, cool. i was still Go ahead. i was slightly disagree only because at least in three though like this is catcom's game of course at least they actually tried to um you know give us more likable characters or at least some form of a character thanks to their wacky ass um voice acting and mocap so at least you try on that front though like because honestly though do you guys re at least remember characters from three over say the previous games beforehand I would say Alyssa, I mean, of course you're going to remember her, but uh, Jennifer is just there, like yeah. 100%, and that's yeah. the protagonist of the game. I exist, so notice me. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, the only character I feel like I ever bonded with in any of the games was Huey, so... Yeah. <laughs> everyone loves the dog. It's, it's common nature. Yeah. You, you can't be animals in any type of game. Well, unless you're trying to kill you, of course, anyway. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Walking Dead all over again. Another topic. Yeah, I'd be happy to blow up a dog if it bites me, but I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> happy to blow up a dog. Jeez. All right, yeah, so. I show no mercy. Shadow, any last words before you go back to the den? Go back to um, your rock? I mean, as I've said, I think the original game, I think, is. It's it's not too complicated. It doesn't need to be. Um, I can't say the plot of the second game is good in the traditional sense, but if you're you willing it. to just accept that it's terrible, there's a lot of entertainment to be had of how absurdly ridiculous it is. Um, so it's got that going for it, I guess. <laughs> and then beyond that, it's just uh, kind of a travesty that's, um, you know, bitly disappointing, is all I can say. But uh, it... It's kind of weird. I think for a series that kind of it relies a lot on kind of the the tension and kind of the the plot to drive. Like so far in my experience, like, I I fair, not Tower Three plot at the moment. I'm not far into the game. Does intrigue me, and I think it probably looks like it's going to be like the strongest part of the game. Is it's, it's one of those you turn up for the game play and you're just staying for the plot. Like the story interests me, but 
Like, for the first three games, I thought, I can't say the plot's been exceptionally good, but sometimes it's been, like, so cornerly awful. It's, like, terrible in spite of it. It's great in spite of itself. So. I've seen worse. I've 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 seen a lot worse. <laughs> well, we have to put you on sabbatical because I guess if people want to talk about haunting ground, they will be able to do so in a couple of minutes. So we're gonna message you when it's time to come back for the next one. Yeah, I will be banished to the shadow realm. Alright, so if anyone has any sort of spoiler discussion on haunting ground or anything they want to say about that plot they are more than welcome well since we have to come that though um i just love how dark and unsettling this game is and despite all odds though i just love how i may have when just comes out on top right she doesn't let no her environment drag her down or anything like that right oh yeah uh, but like, the, thing, the thing, though, like, this game doesn't get enough credit for is how it handled certain themes, like, you know, the identification, the rapey-type elements and whatnot, just to name a few. Because, you know, most other games, especially in the West, will handle it in like, the worst way possible, either being outright grotesque or just you name it, right? Capcom here, you know, at least handled it in the most tasteful way possible. Like, you know, using those themes as a, um, a front while um, you... Your main character is going against those um those fronts, you know. Well, I I will say technically speaking, like no matter how you look at it, they are definitely ugly themes. But it's just the subtlety and finding out the character motivation and what's actually going on with like the Azov. Then because when you first hear that, like you're confused, you don't know what that is. Then when you find it out, it's like oh god oh god it, it, it's something <laughs> yeah it, it's something like that 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 was my first reaction when she was on the phone and then to the like last point of my playthrough when i found that out i was like this is some of the most it's fucked up disturbing stuff i've ever seen from capcom and it's is dark but it makes you curious it's like how did they get away with something like this it's crazy mm-hmm yeah, that's what I appreciate it, though. Like, they actually, you know, went extra with it, and it paid off, you know? It kept you at least engaged and made you wonder, like, well, what are you going to do next? Or what's the next, you know, messed up element they're going to bring in? And then it gets worse uh, with Ricardo. And I also want to note, too, is, like, I like how each, you know, each stalker, in a way, has his, have their own particular theme with them. Like, obviously, the Bellatos is, like, you know, you know, mentally ill and whatnot, wherever, right? Well, but he's mentally more. slow. Yes, thank you. I'm just kidding. Uh, but Damn. my favorite one, though, is definitely um, the yellow, the maid, right? Because you no, know, her um personality also affects um her um gameplay. Because um, I'm not sure if um you guys noticed it or not, though. But if she's not chasing you, though, it's a pretty good chance that she's actually cleaning something, right? That's your opportunity to go around and start doing puzzles, which is the best time, right? Because uh, she won't mm -hmm. obviously mess with you. you know, stuff like that. Because um, her stick is that um. She is envious of Fiona because, you no, know, she's, like, you know, getting all the attention. And by the purpose, though, she's a normal woman, um, according to her, right? So she's so jealous of her that she um, actually wants to just kill her and get over with. Also, I think it was because Fiona has a body that, you know, can pleasure a man and, get, and reproduce, and her body, on the other hand, can't. She can also, feel virtually nothing. Like, she doesn't feel pain either. Like, you see yeah. her nails get ripped yeah. out. Yeah, doesn't she? 
Oh yeah, doesn't she have that whole thing with mirrors or something? Yeah. Doesn't love her reflection or some shit like that. Isn't there yeah, one so of them? Good. So yeah, you. So yeah, you can use the mirrors to distract her until she breaks it. Isn't there one of them that like sucks blood or something? Uh, sucks blood. Sucks uh... blood. Like she I tries to one... eat the ass off out. Oh, that guy. Oh, oh. um, you talking about Lorenzo, I believe. Yes, the guy with the wheelchair. Yeah, he, you know he, his thing is just weird because um, once you get to a certain point, though, he turns into a Chad in terms of appearance. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna say I find a picture of him though, but yeah, his deal is that he's obsessed with getting the ass off, but I don't remember like you know particular why he wants it so badly. I just know all of them are weird. I just thought what? it was funny how he goes chasing you on like two uh, with no legs. Yeah, he's quick oh, too. Crawling. Yeah, that crawling was creepy and like freaky and laughable all at the same time. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Like the guy has no legs, but he won't. But that's not gonna stop him. Well, I mean, he gets set on fire. That doesn't stop him either. That man's determined. Plus, also, um, ending C, though, which is why it's one of my favorites, though. You see him still, um, alive and crawling out the castle, but I think he trips down the stairs and just dies. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker's determined as fuck. Alright. Uh, yeah, that's all I gotta add on, on, the, on, on the subject. Yeah. Same. I, I guess we can get, like, Shadow back unless there's, like, any final thoughts. Ah, uh, we can leave him up there. No, we gotta get ah. him. Well, I actually do have a side question to ask, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, get him back in. So get him in now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, come back, sir. There we go. I'm just it's waiting forward. for him to undeafen. Well, uh, why? Until you um comes back, though. How many of you guys um played or at least know or experienced um Nightcry? I've not. It. I, <laughs> I've heard of it, but I heard it was really bad. This game is it ass, is, bro. It's terrible. You can buy it on Steam now, but I just—it's like a really bad horror movie, like a really bad cheap horror. Well, movie. yeah, the well, yeah, the plot's kind of nonsensical. It's very cryptic, and it's just not fun to play. Yeah, it's like it's supposed to be a spiritual su- successor, right? But it ended yeah. up being. A parody of what is supposed to be success and then succeeding. It feels like um it feels like it would probably be like a really crappy sequel to Clock Tower Ghost Head. Yeah, I tried watching it and honestly the first five minutes was like torture. I couldn't. I turned it off and I was like, well, you know, Ghost uh Clock Tower is done for me then I think. Yeah, I asked yeah, them. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh. No, it's fine, go ahead. Uh, yeah, people are saying that, like, this game called Remothered is, like, a Clock Tower successor, and I'm like, I've never heard of it, seen it, or played it, so has anyone else? Okay, so... I have heard of it. Um, It was originally supposed to be a remake of Clock Tower, but then it just evolved into something entirely different with, uh, I guess, a protagonist that looks very similar to Jodie Foster. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it was originally supposed to be a clock tower game. It just ended up not being one. 
It has really shit reviews, though. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah the, well, the sequel does. Yeah, the, se the sequel's really bad. The, the first game's not too bad. I mean, it's creepy. It's got somewhat of a decent plot to it, but the second one, I don't even know where they were trying to go uh, with it. Is it Broken Porcelain? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. yeah that's the sequel. It's the sequel. Yep. They call them tor Tormented Fathers. So yeah, that one has bad reviews though, but the uh, the other one, oof, the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very good port if we haven't already done so already to the next question. Very good segue. Oh, let's mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Perfect segue. All yeah. right. You want to read that, uh, Manthe? Sunsoft said they would like to bring back classic games from their library. How should a modern clock tower be handled? Also, should Capcom return to develop? Um, I actually forgot who made this game. But uh, Human Entertainment originally. Uh, yeah. It was a long game. Yeah, they're, they're gone. Who was the devs? Uh, who was the publishers? So uh, yeah, um, I definitely recommend looking into it, um, and at least trying out the first game because it's it's got some creepy bits to it. Um, the story is interesting up until like a certain point, and then it's just like what went, what were they trying to go with this? Because it just makes it's weird. It, I'm not gonna lie, it's weird. This it's just something you have to experience for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I do have a take on this. It's I I honestly think like what to do with a game like Clock Tower after so long. I think is a legitimately very difficult question. Yeah, I agree um, with you on that one. I think I think it's very tough because it, it's a very. I think even when it was coming out, the concept was already a little bit dated. So you have to try and kind of you can't quite go with what was working, which to be fair is I think what they kind of did or in any ways with Clock Tower 3 and going on beyond that. This might be a slightly biased suggestion, and I willingly accept this. If I was to try and bring back Clock Tower, I think I would go somewhere down the line of like Resident Evil, like 7 sort of, or, or 8, or something along those sort of lines. I think you have to go first person. I would agree I with mean, that. Third person can still work, though. Uh, honestly, I do not want first person. I, I feel like that would take away from the emergence of Clock Tower. No, unless you want to go back, I mean, all the way back to the you no know, classic way of things, then sure, maybe, though. But given the formula that was established by Capcom themselves, ironically enough, uh, I will say, like, no, they should at least use that as base and then obviously, you know, tweak it to the most modern day as possible, you know? Like, there's no easy answer here, I might add, though, but no. It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough concept to bring back. I think if it was to happen, I think it's very difficult, because it, it, the problem is if you kind of go for, like, a more kind of what it used to be, then the immediate accusation is that it's dated control schemes, you know? It's a, it's an old format. People want something new, whatever else. It, it's It's... It's tough. That's what I, I honestly think. If it was to happen, I think the the obvious look at would be to do something first person wise. Um, I just imagine that's what they would do. I'm not necessarily suggesting that that's the correct way to go. Um, but like, there's there's so many games that have tried to do that. Uh, go first person. Not all of them have succeeded. Some of them have been pretty decent. Some of them your mileage varies. I accept that. Um, 
but I See, think that's part of the reason why like, I don't want first person. I think they should at least be a little bit more safer with it and stick with, like, at least with third person. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's really I think, tough. I think but, like the most acknowledgement Hunting Ground has ever gotten so far is that I guess they made her Fiona costume in Street Fighter V. But we're not necessarily talking about Haunted Ground, though. Honestly, because that's like a different little ball game, considering the yeah, same concept, though, but no, a different IP on my head, you know? Mm. But, well, let's see. Uh, the thing with Capcom, though, like, they could definitely pull it off, though, because the two elements that Clock Tower is, is like exploration and the stalkers, right? The two things Capcom has done obviously really well in the recent Resident Evil game is, you know, your pursuer or stalker. And exploration, yeah. so they got those two mechanics, those two components down, just everything else around it. You know, it's going to be a problem. I feel, yeah, I feel like there's been okay. so much time since the last Clock Tower came out that Capcom's probably learned a lot, had a lot of successes with other games. That if they were to revisit it, they could probably do it a lot better. I think yeah. probably, but I think the the painful irony is that. Maybe the best way to return to Clock Tower is to do it, but not call it Clock Tower. So do it, another Haunted Ground. Like so basically, like, do a reboot of it. Uh, if Yeah, I mean, you could maybe just call it, like, just straight Clock Tower and just start a fresh sort of thing, because it's been so long. And I think you could probably get away with that. Yeah. All right, this would be confusing, because it means you'd have three clock tower ones now so that's not gonna be confusing at all um it's either that or it's like clock tower in like in all fashions but you just call it something new and you just kind of go with that and like say you know this is basically you know this is our reimagining of clock tower from way back but like it's it's been so long it's kind of difficult to call it clock tower four because it's been 15 years so just call it something brand new. And I think people would understand that. Hmm. Call it um, new tower. God, call, call clockworks. Old tower. tower. There you go. Clockworks. Let's go. Works. Clockworks. I think it would exist. Oh, no. I'm A long clock tower. Clock blockers. <laughs> uh, the clock tower. Ah, that's an idea. Um, but I, I think that's the way you do it. Like, it's a difficult concept to pull anyways. Uh, I think there's definitely ways that you could you could play around with it and hit. I don't think you can ever do it and expect it to like um like start breaking charts or anything like that. But like with some care and attention, I think it could be a, a very nice, attractive um experience for purists. Um those kind of seeking a bit more of a not, not a railroaded sort of um, experience. I think nothing like that, but like I think something a bit more story driven, a little bit less about like the gameplay, but again, much more about like kind of exploration and kind of you know putting yourself into the kind of the area around and kind of going with that. If that's the sort of experience you want, then I think uh, a reimagined version of it could definitely uh, satisfy some taste there. All right, I think we can move on to the final question, uh, which is ranking all of the games. Uh, clearly, the best one is Ghost Heads, right, Shadow? Fuck no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I refuse to dignify this response. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Autograph the best one. The, the, I think. I think my, I mean, I'll, I'll know fully <clears throat> when I've finished with Block Tower 3, but my, my assertion of the series is it was kind of a, a novel idea they played around with the first game, and it was like, it was okay if you're willing to kind of meander about a bit. Um, they kind of got wacky as they went along, and actually introduced, I think, a kind of an entertaining experience, completely lost all sense of focus of what the hell they were doing. Uh, we've struggled within, but um, you know, Altman wants Capcom in the hands of it. They're like, eh, we'll, we'll make a you know a, a decent enough experience, and I think that the series finished, if you'll call it that, on a reasonably decent note. Um, but man, was it up and down on the way! Holy God! I mean, that's the only thing I would say there. So, um, meanwhile, the chat is continuing to find names to call the new clock tower. <laughs> clock stopwatch timer, Quicksilver tower clocker. I mean, you're Tower all clocker. You're all terrible people. Uh, okay, I'll I'll do my ranking like really quickly because I did post it on Twitter. So, uh, haunting it's gonna be like from best to worst. So, haunting ground number one, clock tower Oof. three, number two, clock tower two in Japan is the actual number three. Then it is clock tower the first fear, and then the final one, which is the worst game in the series. Clock Tower Ghost Head, because ever. it's the only answer at this rate. It's worst, worst ever. Like it has to be, right? It's got, it's got to be like top, top ten all time. Yep. Like forgotten horrors. <laughs> forgotten uh, for horrors. I love that. Um, Damn. Like I, I will say that like, I am very much looking forward to Haunting Ground. Like a few people have told on my channel have spoke about it, and like um. Even, like, even with the, the Clock Tower 3, like, as I'm going through it, I'm like, I'm just quietly interested in getting involved with it. Haunted Ground, I've heard, you know, like, it's kind of a culty sort of game. Like, is is I've heard is a pretty solid experience, so I am definitely looking forward to giving that a spin. Yeah, it's definitely a cult um, following because Capcom really, really, really caramelized that game because they released it in the same year as, you know, Democrat 3 and Resident Evil 4. And yeah, it was very much Resident Evil 4. That's insane, isn't it? To think they released three games in the same year. Like well, I mean, well, on top of that too, though, um, they yeah. also had limited copies as well. So that's yeah. um, they pretty much created this rarity um problem here. Yeah, it's is. Yeah, insane. I think I mean it isn't uncommon for Capcom to lead to send games out to die. I mean, like all of Clover Studios games. Oh, that's a different little story there, though. But yeah, mm. oh, that's that's not part of the yeah. But uh yeah, like I, I hope that like I'm hoping I can probably put uh Hawking Ground towards the top end of like the series and be fair that it should do. There's some low bars in this series that it has to be cleared, so um but from all from what I've seen it looks to be a, a decent enough experience and hey, you get to be friends with a dog, so that's gotta be some points, right? Who doesn't want to do that in a video game? Like people will spend like hours and money with pixelized sheep and giving them particular color coatings of fur. So, like, what the fuck? Try look at it. God almighty! Uh, anyone else? Um, uh, um, no, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good. I'll speak now. Oh, yeah, no, I gave my ring. Matthew? I'm still working through them, but I'll honestly say that Haunting Ground is my favorite 
just by watching um and with my playthrough of the first clock tower haunted grounds was gonna be my favorite the least of my favorite the least of my favorite is obviously ghost head there's no changing that i'm sorry there's no redemption for that game no i mean that there, there isn't it is it is a game that needs to be consigned to the annals of just horror and misery and there it shall remain for the betterment um, of mankind i almost thought you said throw that game in the devil's anus and i was about to okay. laugh so hard yeah. you did. i don't know where you yeah it's, uh, this is not <laughs> thor ragnarok i wonder oh sorry no no you're good um i would even like recommend playing through remothered and nightcry before touching clock tower ghost head oh That's... oh well yeah yeah yeah, honestly, does it honestly would it qualify for the most expensive shitty game ever made? Probably so. <laughs> and if you've developed highly damaging neurological neurological symptoms as a result of playing through these various games, please dial. I say please die. I think honestly, that might be a better fight. For how much it's worth, you might as well just buy Hunting Ground over Clock Tower 2. Yeah, it's actually cheaper too, am I at? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Like, if that copy is going for like four hundred fifty bucks, you might as well just freaking just just spend on a better game. You know, gonna, for four hundred and fifty bucks is my question. I mean, you could do so many. I mean, four hundred fifty. Like you those go, items. You go, go on a cheap holiday for that. You get a nice meal. You know, I bought PS Five for that much. <laughs> yeah, oh. if you're lucky. Yeah, I am lucky. Oh shit! Hit my mic. Goddamn. Yeah, <laughs> All right, do it again. No. And on that bombshell. Yeah. Literally. On that bombshell, I think we can sign out for the last podcast of the year. Yeah. All right. Yay. Rip. Rip. Uh huh. Any more questions you guys want to ask or anything mm. like that? Nah, I so, think um, I think we've gone so, pretty well, uh, and we've added. I was gonna you know, add on. Gone. I was gonna add on. You think it? Do you think a good idea would be for Capcom to try to release the two games? I know they re-release Haunting Ground in Japan. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Oh, yes, they, they, they released it in Japan, but I'm not sure if they can actually do anything with 3 because you know, technically they don't own it. They developed 3, yeah, so, but they don't own the IP rights to it. So I don't think they yeah. I think they abandoned the trademark. No, it wasn't theirs in the beginning. With... They yeah, worked with Sunsoft, soft, soft, I think. Soft, yeah, yeah they, they work with Sunsoft though, but it's not again, it's not their um, yeah. property. So, but I think that makes sense. And hey, like if we suddenly, you know, like if uh, you know, a Lotus expert comes out and suddenly there's this this bizarre looking train, you're like, oh, this looks all right, and suddenly it says Haunted Ground Two, that would pique some interest. It would be cool, but uh, I asked the question. And I'm like. I don't even know if Capcom still cares outside of the I mean, Street they Fighter 5 costume. Acknowledge it. Yeah, they acknowledge the costume. Oh my. That's um, the only but, time. But um I'm not sure they made any statement saying like, no, we know if you guys love it, you know, we're not gonna play on releases or anything like that, right? People want it remastered though, but yeah. Oh, they bought out Dino yeah, Crisis first beforehand. Yeah. yeah I'm sad That's too though, because I mean like, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Yeah. You see that you see that costume? Give us give us more of that. Yeah. Also, I would like to point out that there is a manga version of the first clock tower game. Uh, I mean, there's only a couple pages of it. 
because I don't think they ever finished it. But it is available out on the uh, internet if anyone wants to look it up. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'll burn the pages later. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> what? All right, all right. I guess that's it, right? Good. Mm -hmm. Once going twice. All right, fine. Fuck off. I mean, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, let's start with outros. Uh, we'll start with any mini money shadow. Yeah, as I said, yeah, you can uh, find me on YouTube, uh, Black Show and Nine Free. As I said, we are doing currently going through the Clock Tower series and probably soon be on the ground because if I don't, then I'll probably get persecuted by my community. Uh, also available on Twitch as well, Black underscore Shadow underscore nine nine three. With a rock in the middle. With a rock in the middle. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, drill bit. Outro uh, now. Right. You could probably you could find the uh, Twitter at drillbit seven seven seven. That's the only place I'm really active in. Oh no. Anyway. Uh... Matthew, I'm Rose. Uh, All right, you guys. Thanks again for popping in on this podcast. You can find me on Twitch under Matthew Rose and on Twitter with Matthew underscore Rose. All right. Um, scare sheep. Um, just want to say thank you guys for having me. I am scared sheep, and I hope to see you guys again sometime soon. All right, and last but not least, you can find Renegade Operative. I'm here. Go <laughs> have sex with a fish and outro me. <laughs> okay, that's got to be highlighted. <laughs> I mean, I'd say we just finish here. See, see yeah, yeah. That's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, Ray, go after him, he said. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at rentoperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. And you can find me on Twitch at Renegade underscore Operative, where I will be probably working on IES stuff and trying to get these podcasts up before we hit the new year. So look forward to that on the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. Impossible, questionable content with aquatic creatures. Yes, yeah. very much. Aquatic life, leeches, eels. It's, I guess you like seafood. If you like seafood. Yeah, no mean to it. And okay, okay. So last but not least, though, you can find me on Twitter and Motor Brandle, which is Sir Brandle. I'm tired of shit and everything else is now your goddamn business. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Avoid Clock Tower, stay out of mansions, whatever you can get raved, regardless of who you are, and yeah, 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 get the fuck out of here. Tata's, everyone. Later. Happy New Year! Happy <laughs> New Year's. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey,